Idols. Okay, there we connected. Let's see if we can get this thing going. Tax the rich, feed the poor. So, Dave, what did Jimmy say? the show started here guys so if you'll uh, put that conversation on the back burner for a minute we can revisit in a minute we're talking about water here as i join the show they're having a big some sort of water discussion so here we go if we can get this started we might defer to that a lot of people very interested in that of course um it's the radio ranch hello the uh, what is the wednesday edition today the 13th uh, so it's four thirteen twenty two, and uh, Roger Sales, your host, Radio Ranch, the name of our two hour little get together, the label anyway, and uh, so we might as well kick off another day here this morning. Now, what is all this water talk that's going on? Now hold it. Now you don't want to talk about it. Just just following up on Jim McKenney. Dave said he spoke to him. I'd be interested to see what he had to. Say. Oh, this is the guy that had the water filters you were talking about yesterday. Yeah, and he's on it, uh, preliminary yet, you know, and plus this is a synthetic venom, so it's not like the real deal, but he feels, I think from what I heard, I listened to him a little bit on John Moore's show today, that they technically looks like it could filter it out, but, you know, it's still early. Well, it's very interesting. I just uh, saw a short video over on BitChute Shoot of uh, a female. I'm not sure who she was interviewing uh, Doctor Artis, and he was saying, "Look, Stu Peters, when we were talking, I said something about the water, and he took it and started dribbling it, and I, it may not be the water, but the CDC has got all these testing things around all the 400 cities in the U.S. and around the world, and people are looking for it, so there may be some connection. But don't hold my feet to the fire that it's in the water. So anyway." there's a little blowback on that it seems uh but that did spurn a lot of these types of discussions that uh, started yesterday with this mr mckinney and his miracle little water filter so dave you say uh uh you you spoke with him is that what uh, samuel's getting across to us no 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 i didn't speak with him i just heard him on john moore as well but oh, what okay. i heard him say was that the the ultraviolet light kills the protein that spike protein is is in the you know the the cobra venom or snake venom and it attacks you know the pituitary gland all the glands and organs but uh he said that the that um that light ultraviolet light kills that protein is that and they've done studies he said something about injecting, they've injected it in rabbits um you know after it's been um ultraviolet lighted so to speak and and it and it doesn't harm the rabbits huh now uh, i know that we're talking about i hear rents talking a lot about uh the um oh uh, now i can't think of it the it, not the protein the um the damn thing that causes mad cow disease prions prions and yeah, that prions. you you can't even destroy those things with like 11 or 1200 degrees centigrade heat so ultraviolet light isn't isn't the spike protein a prion type of thing a folded protein i didn't hear him talk about that so i can't speak on that Uh what i heard him say was that that spike protein 
uh, comes from that venom, and and it it attacks the organs and glands, and that uh, that uh, ultraviolet light does destroy it. Huh, renders well, it harmless well that's interesting news roger one thing he did say i i, I missed the first 10 minutes of the show so probably had the meat and potatoes up front but one thing he did say in the show and i think the percentage he used was 35 percent he says they don't know how this gets in there but 30 percent 35 percent of the municipal water supply has got radiation in it radiation yes nuclear particles and they don't know where it's coming from. There's no source. So that ain't too great either. So filtering it is the best you can do, I think. Because well, distilling's wonder, not going to take a lot of this stuff well, out. I wonder if Mr. McKinney's process will take the radiation particles out of there that's causing the radiation. Well, I'm pretty sure on his chart he does have radon and stuff like that, and it... Uh, supposed to be what a world these bastards have created for us i wonder if that could be coming from people that have uh cancer treatment well that and he was guessing uh fukushima was a potential i don't know so he says he didn't know where it's coming from that's the new report yikes how wonderful well, welcome to Wednesday, kids. Um, so anybody else got anything to add on that? Somebody said that, was it that show the other day that was talking about nationals? Somebody wrote me an email. One of these morning shows was talking about nationals. I don't remember if it was this guy more or not. So anyway, nobody heard that, obviously. All right. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I had an early phone call that got me out of bed that kind of puts me on the wrong side of the bed when that happens, but I'll get over it. Um, Roger, I, I worked in 100-degree weather the other day, right, down in the valley, and today and yesterday it's going to be like a high of 50. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. You said you worked in 100 degrees in the valley, what, like uh, the Palm Springs Valley or what's a little south of you, isn't it? Well, just the, the into Sacramento area. I see. It was a hundred degrees over there the other day, this early in the year. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes, that's pretty unusual, isn't it? It is. It was a high, but um, unusual. And swings are getting to be the norm. I mean, fifty degree difference. I mean. It's 35 degrees the last two evenings. Well, I was listening uh, to your boy Dale. Is it Dale Wigington? Yeah. Dave. Dave. Uh, He was in. Dane, I'm sorry. D A N E. D A N E. Dane, okay. Guess good. Uh, He was interviewed by SGT Report. I was watching a little of that last night. He was talking about those temperature swings. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's just a really. Lord of mercy, the condition they got this world in, just all their crap. My, oh, my, my experience here is when we're having this crazy weather on, on this coast, usually all the way to Colorado, and sometimes it, it gets these systems get over and into the Midwest, usually this crazy weather here ends up being crazy weather there and turns into, like, tornadoes and crap. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, well, uh, obviously they're hitting us from every angle, the weather, the water, the, uh, the, the, the vaccines, the television, the media, the, yeah, everything. They're, they're, it's a full 360-degree attack. 
So, uh, you know, as our theme song says, tell me where is sanity? Well, there's probably a little sanity here and in some of these outlets where we get the truth out and the people that are tuned into it uh, have uh, some sort of a degree of reality. But the the poor people, can you imagine the poor people that are so oblivious to all this and what they're thinking and lives and, and life daily must be like? Uh, unfortunate. So, uh, hey, Roger. Yes, sir. Is that Doug? Yeah, it is. Oh, How good are morning, you? Doug. It's kind of early for you to come into the show here. You usually wait till the last minute. Yeah, well, yesterday's show on uh, Jim McCanny uh, sparked my interest because I've been listening to him for, I don't know how many years, 15 years or something. This is the water and guy I, you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's not just a water guy. His He's a physicist. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He, he taught at uh, uh, Cornell University, oh, and okay. his uh, specific scientific evidence uh, that he's produced many papers, etc. Have um, they haven't changed the minds of NASA, etc. But they fly in the face of it. But back to the Berkey thing. So I bought three Berkeys many years ago, and uh, he was selling the the. Berkey products. So I bought one large one for myself and two smaller ones for my children. And then uh, he stopped selling the big Berkey product and went to the British Brookfell, which is where the big Berkey came from out of British. Uh, The water filter was originally made for the Royals, and it was like a ceramic... uh, a tub, so to say, cylinder, and then he decided to design his own filters and uh, changed it and developed a name for his product. And so um, the so I was buying. He was selling the Birkefeld uh, two-stage filters for quite a while, and I bought them. And then, uh, as Samuel mentioned yesterday, he came out with a new design, and uh, that's what I uh, have purchased for my filters and, and these filters. Okay, now hold on. Uh, Let me stop you, Doug. These filters he has developed will fit into the Berkey. I thought the big Berkey and the Berkfell were the same thing, so you've already kind of alluded to the fact that those are different, And but his filters he's developed will fit into that unit. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. The, the 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 Berkey, the big Berkey, the smaller Berkeys. They I had one that's a called a, a light. It has a LEDs in it. It's kind of cool. And um, anyway, uh, the Berkefeld family of products was made, and that's where the big Berkey uh, design came from. And that was made for the Royals, I think, maybe back in the. 1800s or early 1900s um and so at first they were carbon only and then they put ceramic they surrounded it with ceramics um on the outside of the carbon filter and so this new filter that he has now as samuel or someone was describing uh goes into the water and one of the first things i noticed when i got these is it it would take you know two to three hours for uh, my big Berkey to 
totally filter out and now it's it's more like a half hour okay it's very fast mm-hmm. but he uh he describes the technology that, that wherein he designed this and um how effective it is etc uh, he still sells the ceramic uh, well last time i heard him talk about it uh he still sells the uh, ceramic coated uh, carbon filters and um, and I've spoken to him on the phone two or three times over the years when I would order something from him and there would be a problem and he was readily available and nice guy um, uh, so anyway that's that about the filters and and one you know when I first started doing this using these filters I used to get the fluoride filters so that was an added expense considerably, and they you have to replace them quite often because... Um, I think they're rated at 500 gallons, Doug. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this new design, you don't have to use those because they filter out fluoride. Now, another thing you're probably not aware of, Roger, is this guy designed a uh another style it's kind you might put it in the category of free energy and what it is he calls it you know how they have these uh wind farms yes okay so he came up with a name called wing generator totally new system uh i believe his largest one i don't know if it's 900 feet tall i i think it will we put uh replace a nuclear plant and he's got different yeah and he's got different sizes for like small farms small uh communities the guy's amazing and and i uh, well hold it now you really got my curiosity what is this wing generator that can replace the output of a, a nuclear facility what he did was uh he designed uh this uh thing uh after a jet engine the the jet engines the the wings on them the the foils on them and uh, out of a material that uh, can withstand uh, weather winds um the the whole system well now hold it i need need, you said engines and wings those are i know they're attached but are you talking about the little uh, the things on the back of the wing, the little a- a- the sand, aliens? The I think they call them, or whatever it is. The, what the, the, the jet engine fan? The fan is uh, got like twenty four blades compared to a standard, you know, wind generator which has three. Right, they're totally inefficient. They need a motor to start them. Oh, that that whole that whole that whole thing's a scam. That's just another investment scam. Go. What about this thing he's got, Roger? Yeah, Gary. I've got his plans for the wing generator, and I actually built one. Yeah? It's a very good sign. What you need to imagine is a Ferris wheel hooked up to a large, really large generator. All right. Okay, and the Ferris wheel catches the wind with blades on it. Set it. Well, the plans I have sets them at 23 and a half degrees mm-hmm. around and you can upscale and downscale this um, to take advantage of it. Up here where I'm at, I've got 
two live streams on the property, and I'm going to utilize his plans for the wing generator to run a hydroelectric system. Okay. So it's a very good design, and it's very efficient, way, way efficient than the uh, wind turbines. Hmm. Okay. So That's not even comparable. He also designed and won some kind of national or international prize for uh, taking uh, water out of the air in areas that are arid. Right. And being able to supply water to people. That's amazing. uh, That's been around. That technology has been around for a while. And it's amazing that you can sometimes get more water out of evidently dry air than you can out of wet air. (laughs) It's just like you're saying. Uh, I remember that from years ago. Kind of interesting. Okay, well, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just had never heard about this wing generator, and I wanted to know a little bit about it because that sounds pretty exciting like a breakthrough. Yeah, he's been totally demonized by oh, the usual. I can imagine. Uh, because he got, and then if you go to his website, there's a lot more information there about a lot of other topics besides just water and the wing generator. Mm-hmm. Kind of a Tesla, but, a Tesla kind of character. He, he's yeah. written a book on prime numbers where he shows that they're not random. He's a, I mean, he is a, a living Tesla. He really is. Yes. Cool. I agree with Sam. Is. He actually yeah. broke a. This was like I don't know. It, it was maybe a two thousand year old mathematical problem of prime numbers. Really, and yeah. he wrote a book on it. And um, he said that you know a twelve year old can read his short book and understand how to write prime numbers. Uh, there were uh, uh, contests. For a long time, um, whoever the powers that be, they'd put out a prime number and ask people to enter this contest to try to figure out the the whatever of this prime number. And when he broke this code uh, and he wrote the book, and he always puts the books out to his people all over the world so that once the truth is out there, they can't do anything about it. Yep. Kind and he like, gets people buying his books before the subject matter is even di- disclosed. Okay. So when he broke this code on prime numbers, and this is kind of important here, all the intelligence agencies all over the world, they, they're still using prime numbers in um, algorithms and et cetera. And when he wrote this book, now – Anyone who understands, and it, he writes these things kind of at a sixth grade level, so everyone can understand it. And so now, the truth is, is that no matter what all these algorithms, uh, codes, and, and this kind of stuff, based on prime numbers are, anyone can uh, decipher it and break into it. Okay, he, he's quite a guy, and he's a nice guy too. You know, he's really matter of fact. That this morning, uh, I was listening to his. You can go onto his site. It's uh, jmccsci.com. That's a short version of it, and you just click on radio show, and his archives go back years. 
I listened to his April 6th show, and he, what he's been doing this year is the first time since I've been listening to him, is he's going back in history from his days at Cornell when he discovered all of these technologies that are kind of like Tesla technologies, but there a lot of them are his own. And uh, he's going through the history of this. So I listened to his April 6th show today, and he did mention a little bit about water and uh, its um, frequencies and this kind of thing. He just touched on it a little bit. Um, and and his discussions on the uh, physics and uh, astro astronomy and these kinds of things uh they're fascinating you, you uh, know uh, I would, uh, on a practical note i would just like to tell everybody out there that doesn't have much of a budget for purifying water he has a do-it-yourself kit you get two of his filters and a 304 stainless spigot and all you have to do that's for 120 bucks all you have to do is drill a couple holes in a plastic bucket, and you've got an immediate filter system. Huh? Um, for 120 bucks, and that's 4,000 gallons of water um, at about two cents a gallon. And you know, uh, Samuel, I used give to his use website it. again. Would you, Doug, and slowly, if you would, Jay? Yes. Well, it's triple W dot J M as in Mary. CC, then Sam SCI, okay, SCI.com. JMCCSCI.com? JMCCSCI.com, yeah. Okay, all right. Hey, can any of you guys comment on chlorine dioxide as used for water purification? It's just chlorine, same thing they used already in the plants and stuff in uh, cities now. Just put a couple of drops in some kind of in water ought to take care of it, same as bleach, right? Yeah, it's food grade. Well, that's MMF, is it not? Sodium? Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, bleach is not chlorine dioxide. No, but I'm saying you can put a couple of drops of bleach in the water, and it'll pretty much keep a lot of that bad stuff out of there, too. I was just drawing a parallel. Hey, another thing, Roger. You know, you had John on with his uh, organic um, fertilizer type Oh, product. yeah, John from Utah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I spoke with him the other day, yeah. and um, I ordered a quart for myself. I'm not a gardener, but I ordered another quart for a buddy of mine. He's got like 38 raised beds and a hoop house and all this stuff. Right. But my point is, when you go on his site, it gives the story of his the guy that taught him, his mentor. Right. Alexander and, Graham Bell's great-grandson great or something? Yeah, Pease, I think, is his name. And wow, what it's inspiring! Yeah, to to read think, the information about what it does for plants and trees and all the the technology behind it, if right. you will. I think John said he was reason. going out on the road or something. Why we haven't seen him lately? But uh, he yeah, be back for Sunday. Yeah, nice guy, nice guy, John. As all y'all are. Oh, yes, is that Nastasha? It is. 
It is. Good morning. Hey. I just wanted to make um, a clarification regarding bleach. Um, bleach is pure bleach is hydrogen peroxide um, without the chlorine added. So okay. people are used to using chlorine bleach in their laundry right. with that horrendous smell. Right. Um, and you can get, um, say, in, in a health food store, you can buy bleach without chlorine. And it's just pure hydrogen peroxide. So it's food grade hydrogen peroxide, basically. Well, you you can get a food grade hydro, hydrogen peroxide, and then some of the non food grade hydrogen peroxide might have a um, inert element in it. But they provide both food grade and non food grade. But bleach does not have chlorine in it. Okay. I just want to make that distinction. Well, I just know that was that's a poor man. If you're saving water and you don't want algae to grow on the stuff, you put a couple of drops of bleach in it. It's not going to hurt well, you. And it's going to keep the algae out of the growing out of the water. Was my thought thought when I mentioned that? Right. Well, and when I was down in Peru, um, if you didn't buy quote the bottled water, you know, you put a drop of um, bleach or chlorine bleach and wait a few minutes for it to disintegrate in the air. Mm-hmm. That's that's why the MMS has been used for sterilization for over a hundred years. That's one chlorine and two oxygen, chlorine dioxide, and that's what's in the MMS that kills things like uh, malaria in mm-hmm. one dose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so Roger, you're you're correct. I just for the audience, I just wanted to make that clarification. Okay. Okay. We got a bunch I, of chemists on here. When they came out with uh, I. I still only buy, but I go to like wherever, Walmart or something. I just buy the cheapest where it says bleach on it. Many years ago, they came out with enhanced bleach, something along that name. And I remember someone speaking about it in one of the shows uh, that it uh, ate up the aluminum parts in your washing machine. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. The, the, the other thing with Jim is for people with limited space and they want to grow vegetables, he has grow towers also on oh. his website okay. for producing vegetables. Um, and you can, they're relatively expensive, but he allows you to, to buy them um, on credit so that you can do them like at 50 bucks a month. Well, good is that you. hydroponic, Samuel? I'm uh, not real sure. Yeah, they're, they're they're water, but and I don't think they use soil. And he says their output is uh, is much higher than than system. Well, that's so. kind of what Mike Adams is doing with that uh, approach he's taken with no. It's like Those hydroponic, but but there's no circulating and all that kind of stuff. Experience and what he's. Yeah, I have a lot of experience in exactly what he is doing, and I would not go there, but I trust Jim. I've not used those, um, but uh, just Jim and who he is, he doesn't miss too many things. Okay. Where that Mike Adams thing is a great way to grow a lot of crap that you don't want growing. Okay. 
All right. Well, uh, this I, I think this is a move that we're going to see a lot of people moving into out of necessity uh, is starting to grow your own things and be very creative, like these uh, vertical kind of towers that he's talking about. And uh, remember, don't forget during uh, World War II, with even in New York, they'd have the little victory gardens outside of somebody's apartment, and you could uh, almost feed feed yourself or a couple people off of that little bit plot of dirt outside the window there so uh, i think we're going to see a lot more of that in the country as we go forward on this uh we're going to starve them out next prong of the new world orders plan jim because of his alternative thinking also worked a lot with the russians and he stated even on john's show today that they went to the moon they circumnavigated the moon and came back and their men were fried. Really? Crispy critters. Dead as doornails. Really? Yes. Roger? Yes. It's Dawn. Hey, Dawn. Hey, hon. So once you guys wrap this up, I just want to let you know I'm here. And do you have? Do you? Are, okay, great. Wait. Do you have a? Um, do, you, do you have a schedule? You got to be out of here or something, or can you? Uh. No, not okay. really. All right. Okay, so, good. And then also there's somebody with their hand up. There um, is. Well, they ought to know better than that. <laughs> yeah. So don't put your hand up because Roger can't see. So just unmute and join just, in the just jump, Just jump in there, you know, step on some of these people. Uh, we just started the water thing because they were having the conversation when I signed on. So that's it just continued in from that. We did, I did have something on the plate today that I wanted to uh, do, which is involving Don and her letter to the uh, California somebody out there. Uh, one of these organizations is so snotty. And um, the other thing I wanted to do is bring up something we've discussed here before that's come up again in my realm, and I wanted to throw it out there for discussion, and that is identifying yourself using either your Social Security number or passport on your affidavit if you have a common name, okay? Now, I'd never even thought about that until recently, honestly. And so uh, that came up, and I'm working with a guy. I got a real true Luddite that I'm working with. They don't have a television. He doesn't have a cell phone. He doesn't have a computer. (laughs) He's got a telephone and a fax machine. (laughs) So it's a little bit of a challenge. Um, And he may be listening today. He can call in. I don't know. I got him the information on how to call in. But regardless, his name's Chris. And so uh, because of all that, I said, well, I'll uh, I'll I'll customize these documents, a couple of them for you, you know, and um, so I was thinking about it. That's what got me thinking about it. Now, uh, if you want to put your full, you know, and there a lot of problems. People have a potential problem with look. I'm going to put my social security number in this document. It's going to circulate around, and I don't want people nabbing my social security number and i understand that totally okay so that's what got me thinking about this and i wanted to throw it on you guys and see if we could have a little bit of a discussion anybody got any ideas one thing yes before you get started on that can i i just want to say this one thing and i if i may the um I went back and listened to some of your older, some of the uh, last couple of weeks, some of the um, podcasts. Yes, sir. And what Dan from Pittsburgh and some other people are, seem to be having trouble 
understanding the definition between U.S. national and non-citizen U.S. It's, it's a constant. We'll probably had a big deal with it yesterday with Hillary. Well, I've got. I think I can. I can uh, help. <clears throat> the because um, I had an issue with it too, but the what they did was, if you look at the Fourteenth Amendment, it states federal citizen or u.s citizen first set uh state citizen second okay but you don't see that and then and of course we know that the old status was state citizen first u.s uh citizen second but that u.s citizen we never touched we didn't deal with it we don't have nothing to do with it until you went to a foreign country the foreign country would look at you as a U.S. citizen, not a citizen of your state. But if you go to um, what they've done now, after the 14th Amendment was put in, you see that it is flipped on its head. But when you go into um, travel, travel, uh, what is it, travel.org? Travel.state.gov. .org. And when you go into their documents, what it does is it never talks about a state citizen. They don't mention that they phrase. They reclassified it in their those documents. They reclassified it as a U.S. national. The whole thing's been switched to national. Well, that's why it says every U.S. citizen, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. Correct. They're state citizens. That's Correct. what they're talking about. That's exactly what they're saying. Yes. And so that's that's the and so what we're trying to do is designate ourselves or uh, make sure that the State Department understands that we don't, don't, are the, the State not. Department very well understands when you're submitting something. OK, it's us that yeah. doesn't understand. Right. And so that's what we're trying to do is we're we got to get it clarified in our own heads, though. Well, that's what right? I've been US trying too. to do for all these years, man. I mean, <laughs> Uh, you know, a state citizen is a national citizen. That's where they got the damn label. Yeah. They're the same well, thing. So, well, you have the, the issue. Okay, here, we come on here and we talk about this, right? And we try to clarify it. But when people go out that, that aren't steeped in this, they especially the newer people, if they've gotten exposed to, if you go, because many people do research, so they go out and they start searching and they look around and they'll see all these different um, patriot people starting to put this. They like when I first got into a hold of you, the term was I had Mark, my friend, the uh, paralegal guy. Correct. He had already done some kind of process that that's similar to what we've done, but not totally. And it goes, but it goes into much more rabbit hole stuff. Okay, so he, the thing is, what he was calling himself was an American national. Well, okay, it works. You know, that's fine. But when you're dealing with the State Department itself or the federal government, you can't do that. You got to use their nomenclature. Well, that's the way that, again, they've gone to all of this trouble with all this stuff that we're discussing right here they've gone to all this trouble to put and buttonhole that definition behind that word and we go in now that we know that and we want to take the word and we want to change it american national state national u.s you know whatever that that we you know we can't understand we got it's just like god said we're stiff-necked people i've been fighting this for years okay 
No, I'm a this, this, this national. Just use the damn word national. They've gone to all this problem to do it and center on that one word. Why don't you want to use it? Well, I don't know. I'm just a stiff-necked person. I, I have no idea, Doug. I don't have, I mean, uh, Chuck, I don't have an answer for it. It frustrates the pee waddling out of me, but I've just kind of learned to accept it, you know, really. Hey, Roger, I yes. have a question that goes, this is Dawn again. I have a question that goes along with this whole thing. And it's actually for Dan, um, who is a naturalized citizen. Okay. And if he doesn't have a birth certificate of being born in a particular state in the United States, then what, how is it? Because if we're state, if U.S. national means a state national. Correct. Then who's he a state of well you see once he naturalized he volunteered and got those rights under the 14th amendment right okay when he got those what they hid was they didn't tell him there's another status that's equal to that called a national that he now has access to because they had to make those equal so he okay. didn't have to be born in a state. When he naturalized, he got access. This was the problem with that case we brought up yesterday, Afrahim. Afrahim v. Rusk. Okay? They wanted to take away his naturalized 14th Amendment rights, and they didn't want to tell him that he could move over and be a national. Got it. Okay? So, see, this is more of their subterfuge where they're hiding this stuff. But there's a quality there, whether you're born and you get it or whether you're naturalized, you get it by default. It's the way I understand it. Got it. So he wouldn't, he would just be, there There wouldn't be one particular state. It's the state wherever he's living in, I guess. Okay. Okay, all these little nuances of this stuff that these yeah. creeps have done. Okay, Chuck, back to you here. Okay. Um. Well, look, it's a battle I've been fighting. You know, Chuck, when the book was written and I first came out with this, I had no idea about the American Samoans. I thought we were all non-citizen nationals. And, you know, the State Department recognized all that. See, here's the problem I think they got. When somebody gets onto this and they submit people, something to them, even though they're using the wrong language, they, they're not in a position to come back and say, you're using that wrong. That's only for American Samoans. You're a real national. See, they can't come back and do that because then it raises the issue and it throws light on it, which is what they don't want to do. They want to hide it. Right. They just have, they just deny. And well, they can't deny it, but I mean, they don't deny it because then it's just going to exacerbate the situation. I've never had them deny anything, no matter what anybody used the term. No, I mean they they deny what you're like. If you claim to be a non uh, non citizen U.S. national, then they're going to deny that. They're going to deny you from that well, ac- access to that status because you're not. Well, you know, Chuck, I, were, I was thinking back. Well, I hadn't seen them deny anybody anything. Okay, hey, in, in eleven years. So no matter how they phrased it, yes. This is Hillary. Oh, hey, um, Hillary. So interestingly, I have an update already from yesterday, uh-huh. and I have a letter. I got an email from the, the passport people yesterday, so I have a letter from them in response to my application where I wrote and crossed out, you know. The, oh, when you, know, you defaced the form. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I and then I actually remember wrote in my cover letter 
I mean, my my affidavit says national only. In my right. cover letter, though, somehow I got you know right. all the jargon mixed up, and I actually wrote the word non-citizen national. Right. So um, my letter back from them, and they had cashed my check. So I looked at that. I okay. knew they cashed my check. I couldn't believe that. That yesterday afternoon, I got an email from them right. saying. Thank you for your recent passport application. In order to continue processing your request, please submit the following. A completed, signed, and dated application. The statutes governing the issuance of U.S. passports require that a passport be issued only after the applicant has completed an unaltered application. There you and go. Subscri- yep, yep, and subscribe to it in a manner provided by regulations. We called Therefore, that one pretty good, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, but you're right. They didn't like they didn't correct anything or say you can't say this or, you know, whatever other than they just addressed the unaltered application yep. part. Yeah. Yep. And then it says, therefore, a passport cannot be issued to you unless you submitted an unaltered application. There you go. We're in enclosing an application with this letter. So they're basically saying you have 90 days to um, resend an application. Yeah, resubmit. They're gonna, yeah. They'll keep your money on file when you resubmit, they'll issue a passport. Yeah, so I'm just going to keep so I'm yeah, so I'm going to stick with the DS82 versus the DS so my thought was well maybe switch to the DS11 at this point I don't know if I can but if it the DS82 a, that's now, on one of the instructions I saw recently it had it was new to me there was on the top of the first page Hillary there's six criteria and yes. if, if you checked each one of those, you use the DS-82. And if there's any of those, you use the, you revert back to the 11. So I assume you passed all those tests. I think you said your passport was recent. It expired a couple of years, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's usually the big hang-up right there. But it sounds like to me that you'd use an 82, which means that you don't have to sign it in front of an administrating official, and you don't have to include a, a certified copy of birth certificate. Oh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just, so I'm just going to resubmit. And do you think I should resubmit the the citizenship evidence? They did say if we don't hear from the, you know, from you, then I would, I I don't send them anything that doesn't have an affidavit attached. Okay. All right. Now I'd also cake and and possibly, um, uh, make uh, print out the email that they sent you and include that in the package too. I'm responding to this bum bum. Here's my yeah, they, unaltered they unaltered application. Please process as quickly as possible. Keep the app. Put another copy of the affidavit in there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they did say to send a copy of this letter. So that was that was okay. my update. So okay. To, All right. So, Good deal, yeah, Hillary. So right. much, yeah. well no thank you and that's good because you know we speculated i said up oh, that unaltered form boom that afternoon you get an email back from them kind of interesting <laughs> okay yeah. back Can to I chuck ask a question? Uh, yeah uh, yes yes who's this this is debbie hey debbie hi um where are you calling um, from it's the first time we've spoken right no sonoma county i'm the i'm the bohemian oh whoa, 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 hey bohemian girl did you get my my delta pilot buddy called me the other morning and i asked him if he'd gotten that email i forwarded you over i hope you guys have gotten in contact maybe have some mutual acquaintances at delta the big d uh, yeah i got your email i did not get anything from him but i've okay. also been working my nine hours at the tax office uh-huh. so. oh how fun <clears throat> um I have some comments about and some questions. Uh, one is I, I worked uh, working on my cover letter and my affidavit, but my thought was, and I have you know do, done some studying, but um, I was going to do it. And this is asking for thoughts. Uh-huh. Um, my affidavit is all handwritten. It's okay, the, and and um, 
you guys were talking about the social security and the passport number and the identification. Well, we were trying to get into that. We haven't got into it too deep yet, but well, go ahead. Well, I have, I have a thought about that. And uh-huh. so just give me your comments. And okay. that is, um, as a living woman, my identification is my thumbprint, my body prints. And when you go to get a notarized anything, you have to put your thumbprint on there. Mm. You don't need a number. Well, I so. understand. But what we're talking about is bureaucrats that well, may I know be doing and filing things and they're going to have a nomenclature and a thing they're used to and those numbers that identify somebody even though it's not supposed to be used for identification is going to be much more up their alley than a thumbprint okay oh, so i understand what you're but, saying but your thumbprint doesn't go on your document it goes yeah. on the notary's record am i right, right. but isn't that a is and if you go i haven't been to jail but if you go to jail or things they do take your thumbprint oh yeah yeah. you know that's the one of the in argentina that's one of the things they have do they have your prints you know in other words have you been in trouble with the law uh the uh what we're trying to do here debbie is to make sure the person that is trying to classify you and your new status doesn't have you confused with some other debbie with the same name so that's the purpose of it Okay, I didn't used to even say th- I never even thought about this before until it came up rel- relatively recently. It's like I keep telling you guys, this is a process. Okay, you can see us making sausage right here. Okay, uh, and I think the best identifier. See, you've got the best identifier already, which is a pa- former passport. Okay, because you can put your old passport number in, and that's going to identify you, and you don't have to put your Social Security number in. But my Luddite customer here, my friend Chris, new friend Chris, doesn't have an old passport, and so he's only got a social. And his name is somewhat – I'm sure there's other Chris, his last name out there. So it just got me thinking about this, okay? And what I was going to say is, do you go in and, like, put just the last four digits of your social security number on it just like a well, bank would ask you for verification you know i mean will that suffice do you put the whole number on the one you're going to send to the secretary of state and then when you go and copy people and put them on notice do you go in and mark out all except for the last four numbers and initial it you know uh th- these kind of things is just what what the one thing i wanted to throw out there because i got to deal with this guy and it just got me you know thinking hey roger i'm oh, oh, sorry go ahead deb i i think they know who you are whatever you do because i well, I, uh, I i called an attorney regarding a work comp case everyone everyone out there asks for the adj number the attorney's office said what's your name they pulled it right up i mean they got your information but the other thing that i was going to question when you talked about signing these forms these are government forms we're signing i know a person here in our county who literally sent in his paperwork to the passport office and he did not sign the form he signed his own form and he said a seat attached annexed and annexed is where you're literally attaching these other it's it's an exhibit it's like an exhibit with a court case yeah um so that was a question i wanted to ask sign the form (laughs) okay why would he not want to sign the form why would he want to sign another piece of paper and say here's my signature over here that applies to this 
because I created the form, not you. You, you government have created all these forms, and you box us into everything. Well, see, I, yeah, well, the, here, Debbie, see, this is this a mental thing right now. See, that's what you're doing with this is you're unboxing yourself from all the crap they do. Now they can't they can't hold anything over your head because you sign one of their damn forms. Because I'm signing it to be free. See this exhibit A, this affidavit. Have you got any problems with it? Call me. Well, I'm just also, Debbie, you can tell them to just sign UCC 1-308 and just put all rights reserved. Yeah, I did that on my passport application, my original passport application. I did that. That just saves you from from anything that they may have manipulated in the contract. So, yes, I I actually did. But as I'm understanding the process, you send the Secretary of State the affidavit first. Well, that again this is a process this is something that's just come up fairly recently and it came up out of your part of the country out there debbie i got to give you a story here so you understand okay okay i got a guy who's naturalized brit 2000 he already had an existing passport he got turned on to this he wanted to do another one he sent in his passport renewal and one of the rules internally is if you have any kind of felony charges against you, they can they can reject your passport application. And so this guy had gotten pulled over. He's San Jose. He gotten pulled over for suspicion of drunk driving. He wouldn't get out of the car. The sheriff's department ended up breaking the windows and pulling him out or some crap, threw him in jail. He did something and got out of jail. And because he got out of jail, he thought the charges weren't dropped, but they were still there and so when he applies for this passport they pick up two felony charges out of san jose and they reject his passport application and revoke his current one both okay and they quoted in the letter two regulations out of 27 code of federal regulations well we understand that that's only for residents Okay, so if he would have had this is the question, I don't know the answer, but I think I do. If he would have submitted a cold affidavit like we're suggesting people do first now and Mm -hmm. it was already in there, he's not a resident anymore and they can't charge him with stuff under the CFR that's only targeted for residents. Mm, Right. See me? See where we are? Okay. I would would suggest um, this is what I'm telling uh, people who ask me about the whole social security thing. Cause I don't, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't even want people using their social security because that is also another chain that links us to them. So well, now I'm going di- to disagree with that, Don, because I you know. can be a national and, and have social security. Well, I'm living I'm proof of that. I, I, no, I, you can, you can be a national and have a driver's license. So that doesn't really mean anything. But the problem is, is that I'm telling, or not the problem. What I'm telling people is to send a cover letter that just states that I am current, you know, I'm going to be soon um, getting a new passport. And so I will be uh, resubmitting the affidavit once I have the passport number. So that's what I've been telling people to do um, because I really think the only thing that should go on that cover letter to the secretary of state is your passport number. 
and nothing else. Well, and unfortunately, some people don't have one, you know, like this guy no, I'm dealing I, with. That's what brought all this forward no, in my I, mind. I get that. But it's, if you tell him, hey, s- just submit a cold and in the paragraph somewhere, just say, I am currently um, getting a passport. I will resubmit my affidavit with a cover letter stating my passport number and then go because now it's already on file now they can go and get his passport as a national god it just it'd be so easy just to put the damn social security number down there I know. you know well that's why i was thinking about that last four digits because that last four digits at least gives them something to trace back and look at if there's ambiguity yeah. in the person's name and that's the only reason this is in here I mean, you know, well, on the original Social Security card, have any of you got your original Social Security card? Have you ever seen yep. a copy of one? And it says right there on the front, this is not to be used for identification. Right. Right. Okay. Hey, Roger. Yes. What about just your name and date of birth? Because if you don't have any ID. Well, now that, that may be another option, too, because they can go back on DOB, can't they? Yep. Well, the birth certificate has a file number as well. So that that's your identifying number when they registered you. Hmm. How about and sending a copy of your birth certificate in yeah. with the cold affidavit as another attachment? Yeah. If there's any kind of uh, problem, they've got that right there. Is that another option? Yeah. Well, that is your that is your very first identifying piece of paper. Right. That, that's what you need to get well, any any government other IDs. You have to have that birth certificate if you don't have any other document any other government id so you have to use your birth certificate for the first one okay well that may be an option here birth certificate or maybe even the last four numbers your social i still revert back to that banks use it uh you know so i would think that would be some sort of an additional identifier if there's any problem with them identifying you if your name's you know i got one of our good guys here mike smith how many mike smiths do you think there are out there you know i I got i got an email the other day from um, debbie it might have been you actually somebody and they said look i'm reading your book and uh and 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 you're sitting here talking about your deceased buddy david Strait, and it was that you yes (laughs) and i've been watching some of his videos is this the same guy (laughs) <laughs> david Strait. how many david Straits do you think there'd be out there in the world good lord you know well seriously yeah we really thought that was like what the hell's going on he's saying david Strait's dead we're listening to david i'll see there's a perfect example of kind of what we're talking about here in the reverse and and uh no it wasn't the same debbie and i miss i miss that guy so much okay yeah, yeah you're right um i have one part, one part question regarding uh, passports for people who already have a passport and are trying to get that corrected. Um, I, I called the Secretary of State and I mentioned that the other day. But literally, what they told me you know, in the travel state gov in the travel dot whatever gov right. website, right? It states in there that if you um, have any uh, problems with your passport and it's incorrect, oh, and you I can do a form, submit a form, and change yeah. the mistakes. Right, data correction, 5504. Now, in the Gov website, it states that your passport must be have must have been issued within a year. Okay. You, okay, but but and when I called the 
State Department. I called the Bureau of Counselor Affairs. It's the same people. They gave me some answers that were very peculiar. Number one, I asked for a supervisor after some point, and she said, I'm so glad you asked for a supervisor. Not Hold it. You got some you're scratchy on the phone right there somewhere. I missed. She said, I'm glad you asked for a supervisor, and I missed it after that. Who's, is that you rustling around or somebody? Go ahead, Debbie, it's not, please. It's not me. I'm not not okay. me. Okay. Go ahead. Who who is it that's rustling around on the phone right there? That's moving it on your shirt or something? Thank you. I think they muted. Go ahead, Debbie. I really want to hear what they told you. Okay, they told me several things, but one first one. I'm not moving. All right. Now, hold on. Oh, please, somebody, whoever's doing that, it's please. Mark. 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 Please, please, bud, put your mute on if you would, because you're, you're giving us some noise here, Mark. Okay, go ahead, Debbie. All right. So um, after some point, I asked for supervisor, and she said, oh, I'm so glad you asked for supervisor, because we are not allowed to transfer you unless you specifically say supervisor. Really? Yeah, that was one. Okay. Um, while talking to the supervisor and um, discussing, and I was asking about non-citizen national, um, she said, I asked if there were any statute limitations or any time limits to resubmit my current passport to have data correction. And she said, um, "How? when did you get your passport? I said, December 2020. She said, oh, it's good for 10 years. So you have 10 years oh, to, to send it back. To do that uh change of information not one year okay that there's the lie right there and she said when you send it in with the 5504 which is telling them you need to correct something something's not right this is what don don isn't this what you were using the 5504 to get them to change you put national yep. on your card same thing right yep. okay go, go ahead so debbie she, so she said um, you send it to, and the address for a 5504 is actually Pennsylvania. It's not the same address, but uh -huh. she, said, she said, when you send it to us, it will be expedited back and there is no charge. So okay. in my mind, I said, I can send this back and forth to them until they get it right. <laughs> no charge. <laughs> okay I'm not joking it's no charge okay great no i guess i can imagine that that they do that no charge and i'm telling them that you've 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 got something incorrect it's your, you're making the mistakes not me so i will do the whole process that you know with the affidavit first and then i will sandwich it with the affidavit and they're going to get it right until they get it right and they're going to expedite it to me Okay. And I'm not going to pay it down. But anyway, just just very interesting. Um, She did tell us that um, I asked her to be specific about what is to the satisfaction of the Secretary of State mean. That's not that's too that's not specific. And she said, well, it's going to be very vague and I can't tell you anything else to the satisfaction of the secretary is going to be very vague. Well, I that that. That's written on the on the uh, under non-citizen national. Okay, I, I, I can't. I didn't ask any other questions about their website, but I asked, "What is satisfactory? What does that mean? What to what satisfaction?" That's one man making a decision. Well, she, it's actually the secretary or his delegates. Okay, either way, she said 
the, the website is going to be vague, very vague. Okay. And we are not allowed to tell you anything else. Okay. Well, okay. Good deal. So I just just process. That- Look, process a thing. Put this in my administrative file, and I don't give a damn what else you do. It's like Bob. See, Bob, our good listener, Bob, they call. He's one of the few people who's ever gotten called by the State Department. <laughs> and she's going, you can't be a national. And Bob says, look, is that affidavit in my administrative file? She says, yes. He said, that's all I care about. <laughs> hmm. And that is all that matters is that piece of paper in your administrative file. That's where the rubber meets the road right there. And that's what I plan on doing. And it's going to, and I don't know if the passport will look different. You said it won't. No, it won't. Um, But I'll just, yeah, I'll just send it back for free. Uh, and they can, they can send it back to me for free. You know, it's just like I mentioned yesterday, I think. I get these emails occasionally. And somebody's going, well, I didn't see any place on the passport application where I could check to say I'm a national. Okay. Well, well, no kidding. <laughs> They've gone to all this trouble to hide this through this crap. It takes us hours to explain to somebody just this differential between nonsense and national and national. And you think they're going to give you a check mark on the application where you can opt out of this thing? That's the point of the affidavit. That's My right. God, why? You know, no wonder they take advantage of us. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Roger. Yes. This is Mark the Spark here. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I want to acknowledge you. Thank you. Thank you for helping me to take the arrow out of my eye. Yeah, there you go. You're like King Harold. Except it killed yeah. him, Mark. It didn't kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now uh, by, the, by the way, I want to, I'm in, I want to ask you, uh, this... Uh, was yesterday the first exposure of what uh, this Dr. Arnis yes. brought up? Yes. Okay. Okay. It, it's, I mean, it's perfect synchronicity. Okay. I'm going to give you now, by the way, and I appreciate you bringing that to my attention because I, I don't normally follow Mike Adams. I mean, uh, uh, but Mark, he's, hold on. He's got, he's pretty launch sh- off on this, Mark, because it sounds like we're going in another direction. I want to make sure Debbie, all Debbie's stuff is taken care of, and then we can launch off. Okay, cool, I also cool. got Don, who's well, chomping at the bit yeah. to go over this letter. Yeah. So that uh, Yeah, I'll be brief. I'll be brief when uh, I come okay. back. So go ahead. Debbie, Debbie, did we cover everything you wanted to cover, sweetie? Debbie? Roger, my, my name is Matt. I'm friends with Debbie. And- uh-huh. And I, I would like to, if I can talk for a second. Okay. Um, can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Oh, thank you. So, so I, I'm also in Sonoma. I did the same process that Debbie did uh-huh. with um, my application, and I had several pages attached, and and with law, case law, the different definitions yeah. of the United States court right. cases. Right. That I'm not a 14th Amendment citizen. Right. Yeah, yeah. I did a FOIA request. They resisted for over a year. I sent letters. Really? And I finally did a fraud claim against them for not give, giving me, you know, my FOIA docs after paying $50. And then I had it within a week, a grommeted fancy thing with all my documents that I had sent. Oh, was, it was in there. Stating that I'm, well, all my documents are in there. And, and right. so my passport and the reason. Um, and so then I took all took took that along with my passport down the social security office 
along with my name change decree, adult name change, where I went from the all caps to proper form. And I, cause I wanted to update the record of social security and the lady there said, well, what are you doing? And it's no. And I handed her my passport and she goes, okay, well, everything's the same. You know? Yeah. It shows, show our records match. There's nothing to change. And she says, yeah, it sh- you, we show you as a U.S. citizen, just like your passport. And so I was, I was shocked because I have all this documentation right here and a fancy thing with that's showing that's stating that I'm not a U.S. citizen. Right. Well, see, what we're expecting is that once they get, once you get that documentation, the Secretary of State, that they're going to reach out and inform all the other agencies of this substantial change in your political status, and they're going to reflect it in their records. And that ain't going to happen. That's why we put all these people on notice. Okay. Yeah. So, so at this point, um, I'm doing a, doing a 5504. I started writing a letter to, Anthony Blinken, you know, the man and, and whatever, going to kind of hold him accountable for my lack of corrected status and, and diminished status or whatever. And I kind of morphed it into the man or woman processing my application. So I should probably do two letters. And I'm just so I just want to make sure that I'm putting my energy in the right way, because I'm, I'm right now I'm, I'm ready to do a 5504 and, and with a letter to the man or woman with all this documentation. Um, well, you fix it, and it sounds like I should also. Well, what the the important thing is that you've already found out is positive is they've got your declaration in in their in your administrative file. Have you? Uh, are you familiar, Matt? I assume you're kind of new here. Are you familiar with this 1835 court case that we drag around Ubuntu versus DRC? probably not no i'm not all right well it's at 1835 before there was a 14th amendment and it basically is going over this issue of citizenship it would now in that time it wasn't were you this or that is were you or were you not okay and so it goes over both these things and it starts i'm gonna paraphrase it here for you says it a passport is uh, rather a political document issued under the law of nations which uh, uh, introduces you or uh, presents you to other foreign nations okay and then it goes it's an ex parte document which is legal language for it's a separate part document and it says but if the issue as is to the fact of citizenship it's whatever paper the secretary of state has in his possession if admissible in a court of law that should be considered the higher and better evidence so what it's telling us is that and i know i understand what you got i want to see national on my damn thing you know and you may see it and that's don's problem with this 5504 that we we're talking about in reference in a, a minute ago is it says on her passport under nationality usa and she wants it to say national and they're not going to put that there. They're going to put USA versus U.S. U.S. is federal. USA is national. But, you know, this is our people wanting them to say on this document that it's like, I, you know, the guy writes me an email. I go, look, I just got my passport back. I went over to my buddies and my passport's the same as his. Uh, again i go okay they've gone to a great deal of trouble to hide this 
Do you think they're going to give you a different passport that's got a chartreuse cover with po- with blinking purple pinka dots on it so you can go to everybody look, I'm different than you are. Nah, 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 nah. You think they're going to do that, really? So, so, so I have a question, Roger. So, so are, I mean, is it possible that mine is a national passport? You're already a national. Or, it's or in your foi- it's in it's in your administrative file. Okay, so then why did she say, "Oh, it matches up"? I have, I have, because you're because you're, you're dealing with bureaucrats, and you're expecting them that don't even have any idea what we're talking about to know what we're talking about and recognize this difference. And to them, everybody's the same. See, they don't know this stuff. May I add something? Yeah, I guess. Go ahead. Well, if they if they didn't read the number, they don't know. They have to scan that number in. It, all whatever you are, whatever they have you listed in the system is in the number. It's in. It's not going to be on the card surface of it. Surface of the card where you can see it. It's hidden. They've got to call in and go check. When we've had people that have presented their passport cards on the back side of the road getting stopped, uh, Matt, was it Matt? Was it yeah. Matt? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, they go back and they check it and run it on some database, and they they need to run it on a pass. I think it's called a passbook database. Okay. And if they're if they're regular police deal, whatever the NCIC or whatever doesn't register, they can run it on this special thing called Passbook. I think it references it on the back of the passport card. And we've had two or three people call in here and give their experience, and the cop comes back, hands it to them, said, "Well, have a nice day. You ought to get some insurance on that thing." Okay. So, and it depends. Now, have you seen Have you seen this list of numbers that they use? The FAM numbers. They, yes, I have. I, I, I've i seen all that. I've gone through that with a fine-tooth comb, okay. and I know that well, that's why I was going to add in this letter of the 09 right. being a national. Okay, well, see, this is why I, I keep – it's got to be in your – if it's in your administrative file, you're, you, you've made it to home base, okay? And the reason for that is because should anybody screw with you and, like, charge you with something and try and say you're a national or a citizen and try and take you to court and some of this stuff uh, double back on you, okay? Because that paper is in the administrative file of the Secretary of State, the head guy, any court position that you could get in you can bring that document in because it's in his possession in your file and it bypasses the rules of evidence and now it goes right into open court straight and see they don't want this information in court okay well that's that all sounds good thanks um it sounds like what i need to do is take my passport card and find a cop a friendly cop and have them that would that would be good that would have you checked to see if it's got 09 on there there's also an identification somebody came on here that had it one day 77 77 is an ambassador at large there's also a guy the first one that turned me on to this years ago he works for agencies he's an it guy and he said i don't have top security clearance but i got friends that do i've got paperwork on file with the secretary his friend ran it his profile and it came back that he was a dip, a, a diplomatic courier 
So we've had U.S. non-citizen national, national. We've had uh, ambassador at large, and we've had diplomatic couriers. It tells me that they've got different places they hide this, and what there's not, you can pretty well figure is when they're looking at the profile, you know, the person with top security clearance, there's not a place they can check that says, oh, Matt caught us. He's a national. There's no place back there because they're trying to hide this. They don't want other bureaucrats that come in connection with these with these profiles, you know, that they see of yours uh, to, to be able to identify this. They're hiding it from them, too. Got it. Got it. One, one other little key piece I wanted to add is the good thing is I can see where they red marked my DS-11 um, with the FOIA docs because the DS-11, a copy of the DS-11 is with them also. Oh, really? And at the bottom yes and at the bottom of the page two of two for the dsl right um it says at the very bottom right in that box that they write in in red pen small words it says sovereign citizen paper there wow they're using sovereign citizen internally in red holy smokes and so in my letter i was going to write to them. I was going to say, I, you know, I see that you wrote Sava. I'm not sure what that means. I've never seen that written in law. I was just going to, you know what I mean? I have just kind of, you should say, you should say, I'm going to sick the FBI sovereign citizen squad on you for just writing that. Yeah. And, and they did not want me to have this. Like I said, it took me over a year and it wasn't until I filed a fraud claim against them. Uh that they had it within a week i'm, I'm surprised you didn't take yeah, them to court you can always also take them to court on this crap who was it trying to say something that, that was me i just have a question on the affidavit and all the paperwork that you got back does it have any kind of authentication stamp from them or anything so it's so it's got oh it's a grommeted fancy united states of america department of state with a big old seal big old gold seal on it you know to, to all to whom these presents shall come greeting i certify that justina b lewis who's needed to acting chief record service division passport blah 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 um basically saying that she processed this and that it's um you know very fancy and um and then talked about the application got a second page and then and this is all grommeted with all the paperwork that i sent them and the paperwork clearly shows that i'm a national not a u.s citizen it has oh, case law i mean it's okay, solid so paperwork what i would do is take a copy of that and go back to the social security office and tell them to put that in your administrative file. yeah that's a good idea they did so i brought that i had that with me and i sent when i went to the social security office and i she said when she said well yeah it shows you're a u.s citizen and i said really i said look right here and she looks through it and she had a puzzled look on her face she went back kept going back and forth to her supervisor and leave me there sitting for 10 or 15 minutes she said she made a copy of everything and it's all in the file and they would call me if they could change if there's anything to change okay. and i called back a couple weeks later and there was nothing they could do to the file but they had all that information in the file you see here you're talking to a bureaucrat and you're expecting them to know all the nuances that there's a difference between a citizen of the united states and a citizen of the united states of america they don't have any idea right hey hey, roger okay well see we're imputing all this knowledge onto all these people and they just flat don't know this 
You still got the arrow stuck in her eye. Okay. So anyway, well, Matt, did did, uh, did did we get? You know, I think you brought something very valuable today to the fact that somebody's got a FOIA back, and what you submitted is in your administrative file. Okay. Now, what I've told people is that over the eleven years I've been doing this, I've never seen where somebody submits something that they don't get it in their file. And that's what everybody's big fear is. You want the documents to reflect it. The documents may or may not. But the rubber meets the road of that that declaration, that paperwork being in your administrative file, and then you're home free regardless. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, either way, just having these FOIA docs in my possession with their fancy stuff on it gives me a great sense of security. It's yeah. powerful. Yeah, well, it's congratulations, and I, I appreciate you bringing that forward that you did that and got I, satisfied with it. I have a quick comment, Roger. Okay, hold on. Yes, go ahead, Sam. That same greeting that Matt just read is the greeting that you get on your original land patent document. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, there you go. That's pre-Civil War. All right. Cool. Uh, Hold on. Everybody wants to talk. Uh, Don, Don, we may have to start the show tomorrow with your letter. We'll see where it goes. Okay. Okay. Now, two or three people. Hold on. Hold on. Let's get some order. Order. I'm going to bring Robert's rules of order. Gary, come on. You're you're overriding and overmodulating. Come on. Well, I apologize for that, guys. It just depends on the cell service up That's here. Okay, at the we're time. not bitching. We're just commenting. Go ahead. Okay, I believe there's a form five V, an SS form five V, which you is the change of status form for the Social Security office. If it's not five V, it's one of the five series, and you can actually go there and check that and tell them with that form. Okay, there you go. I, you know, I I gave them my affidavit when I opened my account eleven years ago, and I've never had any problems. The only this came up when they started threatening possibly cutting off your Social Security payments if you weren't vaccinated about a year, year and a half ago. And all they're doing is floating something to scare people, get them to go in there and get that damn poison. Okay. But this came up because they can't threaten somebody that's a national if you're getting Social Security or not. So that's where this really came up in relation to Social Security in my mind. Otherwise, I don't think there's a difference. Roger, I got a 30-second comment. Okay, go ahead. This is Billy Goat. You just mentioned earlier that uh, something to the effect of uh, no callbacks or something like that, nobody had that. And I did actually have the State Department call me back but it was only after i filed a complaint okay so the passport customer survey yeah and uh, i'll put the link in the chat here but i was surprised that they took the concept of a complaint seriously and then called me back and so i'm just throwing that out here because maybe that will give somebody an opportunity to discuss one of these things with a person i'm not saying that that uh, the person that calls has authority or anything like that they might even just be a third party right at least it happened, and then you can ask well, more questions. I, 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 the yours and pageants, they call back pageants, mom and Bob. Those are the only times I know you, you, you went in with a complaint kind of thing. The other two were just as some whatever caused them to call back, and Bob handled it the best, I thought. He said, look, lady, is that in my administrative file? Yes. Well, great. See you later. 
And it's funny though, on the, on the page for it's a customer survey is technically what it is. And they only give you two options. They say, why are you, uh, uh, what is it? The first question is, is your feedback a compliment or a complaint? And they don't have anything else. So I went with complaint and then they call back. So okay. I don't think compliment they're going to care as much. Okay. Good there deal. You go. no, you, they're, you, yeah. They like being stroked. Yes. Nastasha. Um, just so you know, there's a fellow gister who just wrote a comment, and he lives in Ecuador. Oh, he does? And he says, I'm completely new to all of this. Oh, I live it? in Ecuador with my wife and kids. Uh, this is a guy from North Carolina. Gotcha. And we are interested in changing our status from citizen to national, but we have a few questions. So I don't know if he wants to speak up. Okay, well, what's his He's name? Writing He's writing, well, it says fellow jitter. G- fellow jitter, okay. So the first question is, if my wife and I change our status, how will that affect our children? The second question Not. is, if we change our status, how will that affect our investments? Mm, I don't know about so, the second I don't know one. if he wants to speak up, but I wanted to let you know okay. he's there in Ecuador. I guess it would depend on which investments. It shouldn't have any effect on them, I don't think. I'd have to know more specifics. This is a friend. Our buddy Scott ran across these folks. He told me about them, that they may be listening, and they're from North Carolina. I wanted to find out where in North Carolina. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot There's a lot to learn here. shouldn't affect your children at all. They're minor children. I get that. People want to do this for their kids. I had one the other day, and the guy goes, what about when the wife isn't on board here? I got two sons are 15 and 16, something to that effect. And I said, well, if the wife isn't on board, if the wife was on board with you as both parents, you could probably go ahead and get them to be nationals with your permission. But when it comes eight, when they get to be 18, they got to make the decision on their own. Okay, so for people with minor children, uh, what I suggest is you start educating them and emphasize that so that when they do turn 18 and have their own decision making capability, they'll know the correct decision to make. That'd be my suggestion on the children. Okay, Um, if you want to get technical into the fact that it's the feudal system, uh, the 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 parents weren't nationals when the children were born they were under the presumption that they were still citizens of the united states and since it's the feudal system when you had those children the children came out in the same condition so everybody until you file this affidavit is under the presumption of being involuntary servitude okay but it, uh, i i i think and i don't have children i haven't been faced with this personally but it seems to me like i would educate them because when they get to be 18 you can do this for them but if they want to be rebellious and when they're 18 they can write an affidavit and say i want to be a citizen of the united states screw dad you know and look i've got a lot of people that have had those kind of problems with their children it's not out of the question okay so uh, that's a that one's I'd say just educate them and and start learning learning giving them feeding them the lessons and the information and uh, as for your investments uh, it shouldn't have any bearing but it depends on what kind of investments and my crypto. suggestion crypto crypto well no 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 problem at all well is is you know again remember that you know all these uh remember when the ipos or the icos were rolling a couple of years ago and all these different things had come up with with different uh, opportunities in the crypto field and what was always which is the only country in the world that couldn't participate 
audience who's the only country in the world that couldn't participate in all this the u.s why because your citizens of the united states are a national and that's a presumption if you're i mean a citizen of the united states or a resident if you're not one of those you can participate in those but all their laws again are written for these two statuses citizens of the united states and residents those are the only two categories they've got jurisdiction over and they don't want you slaves participating in all this i can make a whole bunch of money and escape your little trap with bitcoin they don't want you to be able to participate and in, invariably, the only country in the world that couldn't participate in all those things was United States citizens. Hey, Roger. Yes. Uh, this is from North Carolina. I'm yeah. actually in Ecuador. Okay. Oh, hey. All right. Uh, what's your name? Charles. Hey, Charles. What part of North Carolina are you from? The great state of? <laughs> uh, RDU, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Okay. Area. Okay. Tri-Cities area. Got some friends from there. I used to travel up there. Go ahead. Um, so... I'm very new to this, and I appreciate you giving the information out. Oh, now, uh, let me get – I got a lot of my – what was your name again? You're going to have to tell me again. I'm sorry. Charles. Charles. Okay, I'll try and imprint it. Hey, Charles, welcome. Scott told me that he had come across you and your wife and family and that you were very interested here. Oh, it's fascinating. Uh, it's like a chess play. You have so many different uh, it's levels. In, it's incredible. What you know? You thought these guys were slick. You don't know slick till you get into this. Oh, it's very slick. <laughs> it is like a rabbit hole. Yep. Allison one all the way. Yep. So, so you're uh, down there on, on the beach, same place he is, same little area. Yes, we are. Okay. Yes, you ever get are. up to Quito? We're neighbors and we're neighbors and buddies. Okay. There, uh, oh, Scott. Roger. Okay, you're on Scott. You and Charles on together. Okay. You ever get you and the family get up to Quito there? Do you, Charles? Uh, we haven't. We haven't really. We've been to Guayaquil and a few other places, but we have not been to Quito. Okay. Yet. Okay. Well, one of these days, come up and have lunch with us. We get together every Tuesday and have a nice lunch. Okay. All right, Scott. I guess we know the plan. <laughs> okay, Charles. What questions can we answer for you here this morning? I think you've you've well you hit on both of them. Um, I guess we'll have to wait until the kids are eighteen to so they can legally decide for themselves to change their status. Um, and two, if we do change our status, my wife and I, um, I'm assuming that there won't be any uh, implications for any type of uh, assets that we own. The only thing I could think of that that might want to add to that is. Under your current status, if you're a U.S. citizen and you've been buying and selling and trading, that's capital gains. That's well, you're in the ta- you're in the tax system there, right? So you're in a, it's a taxable event, which means you have to stop doing everything and then change your status, then go back to doing something. Well, I'm not a big investment guy, so I don't know necessarily about that. Uh, but I, I do know that if you're doing that and you're have, uh, still under the presumption that you're still attached to the tax code, okay, when you file this, one of the first agencies people want to put on notice generally is who I affectionately call the individuals representing Satan, okay? And so people put them on notice. And getting out of the IRS, if you've got a clean slate, Getting out of the IRS is easy. Man, getting out of when they've got a hold of you. Now, that's a different story, okay? 
Okay. I, I can't help you there. If you got a clean slate, all you do is go back and put the IRS on notice, and then there's two sections of the code that you owe taxes on that you'll probably never incur. Okay. Okay. So here's something. Yes. Thank you. Uh, makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I filed an affidavit before because when I was first getting into crypto, I didn't realize that it was taxable events that have to be turned in under the current status that I'm currently in. Right. So I had to fill out an affidavit to say, hey, I fixed all this. I've taken care of this. I did not realize X, Y, and Z, and I'm I'm done. Will that affect me no. filling out an no. affidavit? No, because this is about your status change. And your status change is going to affect all those other things and how you interact with all these creeps because there is no interaction. They've got no authority over you. Charles, there's over 500 administrative agencies up there now, over 500 of them, okay? And the only one that you will have any beholdings to is IRS. And then for only two sections of the code, now you're talking about investments. Do you, do you have any, like, Union Pacific Railroad bonds or anything? No, no. Okay. Well, uh, that's the only one that's going to matter. Okay. 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 Everything else, you're home free. Okay. Well, I'll turn it back over to you, and All right. thank you. Okay. Well, Rhonda. listen, best thing you can do, Charles, is if you, you go back, I've got three and a half years of archives, then Scott okay. can turn you on to where they are, I think. And if not, you can send me an email. I'll send you all that stuff. And you can go back and listen to those uh, as you grow here. Um, if you haven't heard one of the basic presentations, I'd suggest that you listen to one of those. Uh, you can send me an email. I'll send you a couple of the better ones, I think, and uh, get good basics underneath you. And then a lot of this stuff you'll be able to figure out, okay, if you got questions. Now, who who was it trying to say something to Charles? It is me, Doug. Okay, Doug's going to want to talk to you here, Charles. Okay. Well, to everybody, you know, um, one of the things I appreciate about the direction and the illumination, if you'll excuse that statement in a sense, and I don't mean it to mean a cultish, but that your show has taken, is I really love and appreciate the determination of the all the new people that have come on to this uh uh, show here and in, in this information when the legal beagle guy that taught me he was tied in with dan metter dan metter is very very respected and did great work dan metter did yeah he sure did and i i read a lot of the information i got from this guy so i was trained in that kind of thing now of course this was before the internet and so, like people like Dan Meta and myself, you know, the only the only research you could do was going into books, going into libraries, university libraries, law libraries, etc. It was a lot of legwork. Things have been made much more simple or available, but the the passion of the message that goes on in your show it for those who want to fight the good fight they're using the internet now uh, these people like dan metter 
uh, who, uh, you know, had to just spend so much time and writing letters and, and, and communicating all this. Uh, that was a life's work in a sense. And so to reiterate, I appreciate the this new generation yeah. of people doing the same thing. Yeah. And um, well, Metter did know, have in a sense, Metter did have in a sense, Roger, you're the captain of a ship that's at the helm and saying you're not uh, you know controlling everybody but you are i don't want to control everybody i want you to control yourselves i don't want to be a great leader i want to be a teacher okay well you're doing that and so anyway so there's that whip you guys i go file this affidavit let's gather on the perimeter of dc we're gonna charge no that's not me well mel gibson said in one of his movies he said would you be willing to live this day to the next right under slavery or are you willing to put everything on the line yep and uh, these people um so many of these people i listen to on your show they put everything on the line they're brave and they're going out and they're they're challenging you know they're they're finding out Okay. And what do we, and you know what we find out when we challenge them? They shrink away and stand mute. Mm, Right. If you got Excalibur, they stand friggin' mute. Yes. Morning, Daryl. The last thing I'll say is this is spiritual warfare. Uh, Absolutely. It's happening in the physical, but it's actually spiritual warfare. And once you decide which spiritual side you're on, and this is more important than your life or your children's life, uh, your posterity. It, it, it's all about all of mankind, the, the whole world. It it's is. about truth versus lies versus deception. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I'll, okay. I'll get off. Well, Daryl's on here. A couple other people want yeah, to say something. Just hold, on. hold on. Just I'm Daryl and put you on the back burner. Yeah, go ahead. Who's, who's the lady? We're going to defer to the females. Nastasha. Hey, just, babe. Hi. I wanted to tell you, I was going to tell you this a couple of shows ago, but it's not really important. But, um, you know, the two letters that I'm um, adapting for my use with the IRS, the um, Sun Tzu letter right. and the other one that you sent to me. Well, I've been going to one of my local law libraries because I want to go through everything with a fine tooth comb before mm-hmm. I send them off. Mm-hmm. And it gave me even further appreciation for those who found all this information. It's incredible. Um, you got to You got to defer gonna, to the people. Send you, I was going to send you pictures of some of the books. And I thought I didn't want to make you sick in your memory of um when you were going through this but it was um yeah i mean you end up with piles of books around you sure as you're referencing as you're cross-referencing from congress to the tax code and um title 26 the number of books alone just within title 26 by the irs 
Um, anyway, I'm glad that I'm doing this because I want to know the knowledge before I submit this, um, these letters for myself. But I just wanted to tell you that um, it's, it's quite interesting to see um, the, I guess, the, the number of these books. And um, I mean, it, it, it's... Kinda, you can get lost in the sea. Kind of overwhelming. Actually, gets yeah, overwhelming, that, doesn't it? Yeah, and that people actually plowed through it all, and is quite fascinating. That's why I tell y'all, you, you, off to them. you know, I yeah. tell you guys how much I appreciate and love each and every one of you because you don't know what I've gone through to find you to get us connected, and, she, and Nastasha's going over just a little smidgen of it right there. Okay. Yeah. So, who else is trying to say something? I want to get to do. Yeah, Roger. I yeah, have. Okay. I have a custody. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Can I jump in because I have a custody question? Okay, this is Charles again. No, this is Jason. Oh, Jason. Okay, well, you're new. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I'm a first time caller, and I've had, I was the one who had my hand up because I didn't know. Yeah, you can't put your hand up around here. You get it chopped off. Just step your foot out there and say, "Hey, Roger." Go ahead, Jason. All right, so my situation, as uh, succinct as possible, um, I've been studying for years, and I was exploring some other stuff before uh, I came back to you, and um, I just got your version of the uh, the affidavit mailed. And um, my partner and I, we, we separated, and I'm about to enter a custody proceeding for my son. Because when I asked for a written agreement, she left the state with him. Uh-oh. Yep. And so I retained a lawyer, but the challenge I'm having is... What, what state are you in, first of all? North Carolina. Okay. Um, he's about nine months old, and he was, he was in North Carolina for eight of those months. So North Carolina is a state that has jurisdiction under the statutes. But the first... Uh, the first line of the um, of the claim stipulated a citizen and a resident of the state of North Carolina and the county of yada yada. Is that for your son or you? No, no, for me. Mm -hmm. For jurisdiction. So I raised there. I, I cited um, eight USC. What is it? Eleven oh one. Yeah, right. Yep. I cited that. So the lawyer removed citizen from it but she wouldn't give up on resident and so i signed the um the paperwork all rights reserved non-resident and i'm just wondering am i going to get myself into any type of jeopardy you shouldn't because all that does is really stick you over under the 14th amendment and if you've changed statuses you shouldn't have any problem as a national in this situation it doesn't seem like to me you know you guys throw these complex uh, <laughs> complex situations at me and i just don't have a concrete answer for everything okay yeah okay gary's gonna come in and add something go ahead gary uh, Charles, or I believe it was Charles. You need to Jason. Stipulate, Jason. Uh, Jason. You need to stipulate that the child is your property. It is not the property yeah, of the, the government. State. That's a good point, right there, Jason. You do that, you'll be surprised at the changes that will happen. Well, I took and I created. 
I created right. my own, I created my own document stating that when he was born and her and I both signed it notarized. That what the child was your property and not the state's. I didn't say not the states, but we we stated that he was our son. Okay. Um, well, and and he may uh, be your son, but he's their property under a presumption of law unless you uh, rebut the presumption. Exactly, and that's what they hang. Let me let me finish. Okay. I copyright protected his name, and we ended up in the hospital because she couldn't do the home birth. And they issued a birth certificate. According to her, they issued a birth certificate with no name on it. <laughs> because I copyright protected our son's name. Oh, Lord of mercy. Um, Jason, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you, in all honesty. Um, are, you, are you trying to... Uh, institute some sort of legal proceeding or, or something here? Yeah, for custody because uh, flight, flighting with him out of state um, is definitely not looked well upon in the statutes. Where? Did, how far did she carry him off? She went back home to her home state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, I honestly I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Okay. May I ask you may I ask you a quick question? Sure. Do you have a marriage license? No. All right, that's a great step. And you said that they issued a blank birth certificate. Which is that's, it's really a title deed. It's a where it's warehouse receipt, basically. Now, interesting, how can they, if it's blank with no name, how can they assign it to somebody? You know why I think they did that? Just so the hospital would get paid. Well, when you look up counter deed, which it appears you've already created, a secret writing either before a notary or under a private seal, which destroys, invalidates, or alters a public one. So you're, so to me... You need to have the deed of um, your property known as your son. You need to have that uh, filed on the record. And do you have anything in a uh, legal newspaper where they will give you an affidavit of publication, which nobody can refute? I publicly published it at the county recorder. Okay, so you got it in the property rolls? Yep. Okay, well, that works. Same thing as as, as the legal organ. You have the birth record in the Bible and submit that to the court. I I have the record in the Bible, but I don't have any. I don't have two witness signatures. Then go get two witness signatures and submit it to the court because it backs up your property claim. Is it a it's page? Also- is it a page in the Bible that's connected in the binding, Jason? It is. Okay, then you're cool. Yeah. So then take your records. You have a you have a whole record sandwich. And your records trump their records, especially when you when you bring in your affidavit of nationality. All your records are going to supersede their records. Yeah, I recognize that. I'm just concerned if it, if the if the filing remains with the word resident in there, which the lawyer said that's what's required for the court to have jurisdiction. If that's going to get me in a hole, personally. Mm-hmm. I, well, I would think I can't. You're talking state court here, right, Jason? 
uh, state Correct. courts got jurisdiction over state citizens and nationals you ought to be able to bring a case into that court without being a 14th amendment citizen is my thoughts well if you use a lawyer you turn if you use a lawyer, you turn it all your rights over to the lawyer period I, no questions no argument no nothing if a lawyer represents you he can control the case We get some I'm complex situations here. Son is. Do do what now? Who was trying to say something right there? Oh, Samuel, I, I was wondering how old his son is. Nine, Nine months. months. Oh my. Mm. Well, you know, good luck getting the baby away from mom. And if mom doesn't want to live in, it wants to live in Minnesota. Uh, I I don't know what your options are, Jason. Quite frankly. You know the courts are going to side with her, especially with a nine-month-old. I've, I've been told otherwise that that's really started to shift, that they they do a lot more ruling in favor of the fathers when it's a better option. Well, it might be, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you, okay, honestly. Uh, I, we This is one of these unusual situations here that comes to us. I mean, I'm interested in getting people out of the status and into the other, and it's these repercussions like this, the complications here that throw a lot of uh, uh, flies in the ointment, you know. Right. That's- have you ever heard of a gentleman named uh, Rodney Class? Rod Class is up there in North Carolina, I think. As he is. Uh, that's why I'm asking. No, I have not. Right, he's done a lot of legal work. He would. He would. He would be a benefit, a good resource for you. All right, I'll see if I can find him. Rod, it's C L. It's C. Hold on, I'm going to give. Let's give Jason a C L A S S, isn't it? Rod Class. Yes. Okay, you may want to see if you can search that up. I think he's in North Carolina, is he not? Yeah, he is. What? What's the name of this guy who's having the trouble? Jason. I'm trying to find him on the. Oh, I. This is the first time I've jumped in on this Jitsi, so my name isn't even showing up. Yeah. Um, but, well, thanks uh, for can, thanks for bringing us a Rubik's cube on your first trip. <laughs> right. Well, I'd like to give you his phone number. I just I'm not going to publicly publish it. Can you put it? In, can you put it in the uh, chat, Jason? Can you, know, you see the chat? That's just it. I don't want to put it. I don't want to put his phone number for the entire chat. I'll give it to Jason specifically. But I I would say that you need my advice would be to stick with what William and what uh, Gary are telling you. If Rod Class gets involved in it, he's not. He does not recognize, or he didn't in the past recognize a U.S. national. So yeah, well, you're gonna be talking batting apples and oranges if that's the yeah. case still. He's going to be doing. He's going to be doing and approaching it the same way that Ralph Winterout did. So he may yeah. be able to help you, but he'd help you as a U.S. citizen and not as a U.S. national. Hey, Roger. Yes, Doug. Yeah, I listened to Rod Class maybe for three years, and um, I heard he got arrested and did some jail time. I don't know if that's true or not. But I'm quite familiar with his uh, what, how he Approach. proceeded. Yeah, and, and you know he um, 
he went up to D.C. and had a firearm in his vehicle. And... All right, well, hold on. Let me just stop you because because I was in that court case, okay? I was in the actual court. I know yeah. what happened. Yeah, so, go ahead. So they moved the boundary line. That's what happened. And because they moved the boundary line, he was unaware of it. And now his Jeep that was never on Capitol grounds before happened to be on Capitol grounds. Now they since have overturned that law because of him. Okay, they overturned the gun ban in D.C. because of him. But he, what he will do is he will use all of their, all of their codes against them. He will use their rules against them. That's how he handles them. Yeah, he was very good. Uh, you know, I liked him a lot. But when I, I, I don't heard... do anything he does. I do nothing like he does. I, okay. Again, I, I mean, but I, did he get I arrested in jail? I accept all offers. I received. Did, did he get arrested? Both of you, Doug. Both of you can't talk at the same time. One of you at a time, please. This is dialogue here. I was just asking, did Rod get arrested in jail? Yeah, he was in a jumpsuit in the in the court. And then they put an ankle band on him saying, you cannot come into D.C. Because they they wanted him to stop filing stuff. He went all the way to the Supreme Court. So is he free now? He's been free. Oh, good. He's been he was free after all that happened. Well, he had a lot of evidence. I mean, uh, just documented evidence against. Okay, look, this is not the Rod Class show. Okay, but but there is something important that was said. the The, the prosecutor said, "Well, Mister Class, it, appear, it it appears you have beaten D.C., but you are still not without sin." <laughs> that's what that's what was said. And what is sin? Sin is debt. Debt is sin. So, what were they telling him? There was there some look. This is all about contracts. Somewhere in there, when you get into court, when you sign, now that's the consent of the governed. You've consented to be there. You, you can cons- the consent of the governed is when they ask you the two questions: Are you a citizen of the United States? Or are you a resident? All right. Well, the contract supersedes the law, so you can contract into anything. Well, the contract is based on fraud when they switched in the bankruptcy and that you were born into it and assigned this at birth to cover a hypothecated debt. Then they ask you those two questions and you agree to it and give them your consent. The first one, you're saying, I agree to your fraud of assigning me this status. And the second one is, I'm giving you consent of the governed. That's where the consent is. And, and when you go into your black six, when you read the definition of rescission, it's an equitable right, and you don't need anyone's permission. So any contract you entered into by mistake, I don't care. You can If you want to say fraud, fine, then you have to prove it. But I can say mistake. So they know it's fraud. No, here's here is basis on all that, and it supersedes all that. What system of law you want to live under is your decision, not theirs. If it's exactly. their decision, it's tyranny. That's why they've turned this thing around where they can ask you those two questions. You don't know what they're asking you. You answer them in the affirmative and sign something and give them the consent. Yep, exactly. Okay. That's exactly right. So, Jason... I don't know how, if we've helped you at all or not. You, you got a very unusual situation. I'm sorry you're in it, okay? Hey, Jason, Roger. how did you trademark the name for your son? I'm just curious. Maybe I missed that part. Oh, sorry. I'm, i got to step into work here in a minute. Um, I just put the copyright symbol after it. 
After it on what document? Just my own document that's basically just a, a deed that I put at the recording office. Before the birth certificate was issued? Yeah, immediately, because um, we I was hoping we were going to do a home birth so I didn't have all this pressure, and then uh, she transferred to the hospital. And uh, I know the second day I created a, a document and we both signed it, notarized. I, I don't know. I've got any answers for you, Jason. I'm sorry. I don't. I understand it's complex. I understand it's emotional to you and why. But I just, we've never come up across anything like this before. I haven't anyway. Well, I appreciate you spending the time just to share some perspective on it. Okay. That's at least helpful. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. See, Roger. I guess you got to go to work. You can come visit us again, if you will. Maybe we can, after effect, somebody can come up with something. Yes, Mark, was that you? Yeah, Mark the Spark. I, I say that we as a group, uh, individually and collectively, that we uh, take this to the highest intelligence, Yahweh, and, and pray on it. And I encourage him to come back. And because this is a challenge for really for all of us because it has to do with the child. And uh, it's really important. Uh, so, anyway, that's one thing I want to say. Uh, and to be real quick because I know we're running out of time. Uh, the uh, videos that I watched and I studied them, I rewound them and watched them with this Dr. Arnis, whatever his name is. Art, artist. And, uh, artist, artist, okay. So uh, did you guys catch that uh, where the two uh, researchers were putting this forth with the mRNA? Did you see where they were at? Yeah, uh, somewhere up there by you. Yeah, University of Pennsylvania. Right. And both their names, Weissman and Carrico. Do we have a hint of who those people might be connected to? Well, we certainly we do. do with Mr. Weissman. I don't know about Carrico, but yeah. Okay. All right. Now, that was in 2009. Okay. Here's a little reference for you. Uh, did you know where the first uh, school of pharmacy was created? I have no 1821, idea. the first U.S. pharmacy college was in Philadelphia. 1821. Now, there's somebody in heaven who's who's really who's really in support of us, and uh, I, I'm going to call him Hickory Switch. And he gave he gave us a hint. Uh, uh, you know, when he killed the bank, uh, he called them the den of vipers, very true, and thieves, vipers. Okay, and the root word that was amazing in the video. The root word, the depths of virus, and they've been using this word to scare the hell out of everybody. The root of the virus is venom. That's right. It goes all the way back to it goes all the way back to Sanskrit. The word was visam, V-I-S-A-M, meaning venom or poison. Okay, and uh, the other languages, poisonous fluid. Okay, so uh, uh, and again here they didn't they didn't create this. They stole it from nature. Because these these people they steal the work of others, and you know that Roger in the yep. music business and the artists, everything inventions. Uh, they stole the movie industry from Edison, right? Then they stole the movie projector thingamajiggy. Yep. Uh, right. So, so uh, uh, what else am I going to say? Uh, let me let me let me somebody let me. Okay, listen, it's been an unusual show. Don, we're going to put your letter on the back burner, sweetie. Um, 
I mean, you you want you love shows like this because everybody's involved and we got active uh, subjects and a lot of participants, and that's good. Okay, uh, but uh, we'll get back, uh, Don. We'll just start the show tomorrow with your letter, okay? Um, because we're about to uh, have to end and get a whistler and give it over to Jim Ram here in a second. Uh, Charlie, good to have you from the beach. Uh, Jason, I'm sorry that we didn't have a concrete answer for you. It's a very complex situation you're in. Um, and, uh, everybody else, I'm glad you joined us today. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, is there anything in parting anybody wants to throw in there real quick? Don't have, but just a little bit, Daryl, sorry to marginalize you. Okay. Unmuted. Go ahead. Just to me, the yeah, don't tread on me flag has the snake on it. That's right. Cut, I think they're mocking us. Cutting wow. about seven pieces. Hold on. Somebody's trying to say something. Who was, who was talking right there? Yes, in regards to Jason, a couple of good Latin words he, in my opinion, should take a look at today are rerun Navarra. And uh, there's a man that's quite mm-hmm. a big voice on the Internet. I think his name's uh, Curtis Richard Kallenbach. And he's been through a case like that, and he knows firsthand that the father's got the, the highest claim on the son, and uh, it saddens my heart. But glad you spoke up today, young man, and, and uh, you were much smarter than I was, and I lost three sons and two daughters. And I wish I'd have had half the brain that you got. Uh, congratulations to you, and don't stop going after that son. But look at those words, rerun. What are they again, real quick? I think he had to go to work, so he probably doesn't even hear this, but repeat them for everybody else, if you would. You're a little faint on the phone. Quick. Rerum, rerum, Navarra. Rerum, Ari. Hold. Roger. Yeah, Harvey. All right, Harvey. Go ahead, Harvey. Rerum, Novarum. Rerum, Novarum. R E R U M. Novarum. Okay. Well, I never even heard yeah. that before, Harvey. Well, Latin phrase. Some siding from the from the Viper, uh, the Vatican vicar that stated Dad's got the highest claim on the son. So Yeah, yeah it was a, it was an it was an encyclical by Pope Leo the thirteenth back in the nineteenth century. And it was about the condition of working men and women. And I forget mm-hmm. what it means. I think it means the new thing. I'm, I, I don't remember the translation exactly, but uh, uh, revolutionary change. That's it. Okay. I just well, we, just got it no- we just got knocked yeah. off the server. I'd be shocked if a court sided mm-hmm. with a father with a nine-month-old baby, even if the the mom split with it. But... Lord of mercy, these complex situations break my heart, man. Yeah. I'm having to deal with these people from Ralph well, Winter. Yeah. They've got 40 damn eight months of prison in front of them because they didn't file or some crap. Don't be too sure okay. because they allow men to have babies now and recognize them. <laughs> Don't be too sure. <laughs> Well, thank you. I identify as a woman. He needs to tell the court he identifies as the other mother. Yeah, I think that's why my belly is poking out right now. (laughs) 
Oh, for uh, sure. Do you do you have a barley bu- bub, a barley bump? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, look, we can't have too much fun here because Jim Ram's sitting there ready to do a radio show. Jimbo, I know you're there, bud. You want to take over? Can you get me out of this today, please? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, it's a good one. <laughs> I, I, we got a chance to listen to some of today's show. Yeah, you want us just to just continue, don't you? <laughs> so you need to change the author, the the affidavit to say I identify as <laughs> I identify a national. As a national. <laughs> That's right. Good deal. There go. There's a good suggestion, Jim. Please take this away. All right. Yep. Got to get going. We're a minute and a half into things. So. Okay. Ciao. Bring up the network feed. And we will- <laughs> Tomorrow with Don's letter, we're going to start. Thanks, Roger. <laughs> ciao, Jim.